Hello, all, and welcome to this episode of Numa. On my sister podcast, Finnerin's Wake for Kids, my newest venture to which I shamelessly encourage you to go and listen. Both you and your little ones will love it. I covered the mythical tale of Apollo and Daphne, a marvelous story of infatuation, repulsion, nature, magic, beauty, and the deathless endurance of divine love. In brief, Apollo, the greatest archer in all the land, noticed little Cupid, god of desire and love, stringing his bow in the forest. With a tone of haughtiness and scorn, by which our sensitive little Cupid was deeply offended, Apollo mocked the amorous god. He boasted that he, and he alone, was deserving of wielding the bow, and advised Cupid to forego the effort. Cupid, in response, pulled from his quiver two arrows, one tipped with gold, the other with iron. Into Apollo's breast he fired the first spiteful shaft. The second, tipped with iron, he reserved for Daphne, a beautiful nymph on whom he subsequently fixed his aim. The golden-tipped arrow, by which Apollo's heart was pierced, caused him to fall madly in love with Daphne, by whom, as a consequence of the dulling effect of the iron arrow, his passion, the charmed passion of a god, went unrequited. How sad. Unable to sublimate his lust and control his ardor, on which our Me Too era might have put a helpful check, Apollo chased Daphne all through the forest. At the very moment at which he was prepared to seize her, Daphne, a nymph and a daughter of Peneus, the god of the river, called on her father to intervene. He did so, with nary a second to spare, by transforming her into a tree. That's right, a tree. Her feet became roots, her legs and torso a trunk, and her arms branches all covered in leaves. Her head became the crown of a laurel tree, out of which laurel wreaths, in homage to Apollo, are still made, and for which Nobel laureates are still named. Such was the fate of Daphne, the beloved. But what, I ask, came of Apollo, the spurned lover? 
Unrelieved of his burning passion for Daphne, Apollo proceeded to devote his attention, his love, his life, and his high regard to this beautiful tree, around which he wrapped his arms and on which he rested his cheek, beneath whose bark he felt, yes, he doubtless felt a faint heart beat. It was the heartbeat of Daphne, the heartbeat of his lost love. I first read this wonderful myth at a young age, that time during which the imagination is ripest and fantastic ideas spring forth as though unbidden from the lush fertility of childhood's enriched soil. The final scene of this myth, the transformation of Daphne into a tree of which Apollo persisted, despite all obstacles in being enamored, is one by which my creative spirit was, henceforth, most decidedly shaped. Today, as a grown man, though a man, I admit, not entirely dispossessed of his youthful fancy. I think of Daphne when I examine a tree. Yes, you heard me correctly. When I examine a tree. Today, every day, I encourage you to do just that. Go outside. Inhale. Breathe the air. Drink its fragrance. Taste its sweetness. Let its energy dilate your blood vessels and uplift you. And look at all the vibrant life by which, in every direction, you're surrounded. It's all there if only you'd notice. No matter how great you are, you're but a small part of this vast, awesome, ancient whole with which your present being is completely interconnected. If you dare, go ahead and walk up to a tree. Don't be shy. Don't be nervous. It's not as though you're approaching your middle school sweetheart, your teenage crush at the end of the mid-year dance, at which, to a boy's everlasting embarrassment, his mother was insistent on being a chaperone. How's a guy expected to slow dance with a gal in 2005 to Mario's You Should Let Me Love You or Mariah Carey's We Belong Together, uh, when his mother, begirt with a fanny pack and equipped with emergency pouches of Capri Sun, is monitoring the awkward sway of bodies in a half-lit cafeteria. I digress. Back to the tree. 
Choose one to which you feel comfortable enough to stand close and, well, go ahead and stand close to it. If possible, remove your shoes as you approach its base, allowing your bare feet to connect to the spot where its tangled roots penetrate the earth. Curl your toes up and down. Let the soft, wet grass tickle your flesh. Let the cool, pliant blades caress your skin. In a subterranean labyrinth, a vast maze indiscernible to your eye. The tree's roots twist and turn, reach and dive, probe and explore every inch beneath you. They spread out in every direction and feast each and every moment on a rich and bottomless bounty. The soil. Look at this tree as if it were your first, as though you'd never seen one before. Look at it through the eyes of a child, to whom everything is lovely, stimulating, unfathomable, captivating, grand, and new. If only we could make this a practice, a daily practice, to see everything through the eyes of a child. This is something upon which I've been reflecting of late. Look at its bark, the unique habit, the elegant, unreproducible outfit in which it's dressed. No two trees are clothed exactly the same. Reach out and feel it. This is the tree's skin, its outermost layer, through which a great deal of energy and information is conveyed. Is it flaky? Do fragile pieces chip away at your lightest touch? Is it smooth? Can you run your hand along it as though measuring the closeness of a recent shave? Is it scarred? Do your fingers, in their curious exploration, fall precipitously into divots and holes? Is it a home to insects, those scurrying up and down its woody ladder? Is it barren of tenants, still unvisited and unoccupied by countless creeping things? Take a minute 
and closely examine its bark. Think of just how strong and sturdy its trunk is, and just how much time, how many centuries or even millennia went into its awesome growth. It precedes and almost certainly will succeed you. It will outlive us all and will likely continue long after your family name is forgotten and your posterity extinguished. It withstands all the elements, all the whims of the weather from which we humans need daily protection. In a gale of wind, it might bend, but it seldom breaks. In the face of fierce lightning, it stands unafraid and resolute. When the earth rumbles and quakes, it stands astride the pending rupture. The only nutrients for which it hungers, beside those it consumes from the soil, are the sun, the air, and the rain. Look up at its leafy crown and its dizzying labyrinth of branches. What a complex, tangled network of nature. What a fascinating sight, always available to you, if only you'd notice. Try to follow one branch from its beginning to its end. See how it interacts with its neighbors, with whom it competes in a brotherly contest for the daily profusion and serving of light. See how it's influenced by the branch closest to it. Does it curve to avoid another or sprout forth a new branch of its own? It's as though it operates by its own intelligence. And at the end of the branch, what do you see? Tiny branches, buds, and meristems, pods of seeds or fruits filled with nectar, birds perched on the lookout for unsuspecting grub below, or flowers blossoming high in the royal shade. A whole world of activity inhabits the branch's end. Reflect on the fact that trees, like the sun, are true marvels of nature, without which we humans simply couldn't live. 
every breath we take, we owe to them. They provide us the oxygen with which we fill our lungs, give utterance to our thoughts, and produce our podcasts for the enjoyment of an amazing audience, of course. That we exist at all is by their doing and their allowance. Their quiet, unacknowledged kindness sustains us, and we might, from time to time, express our gratitude for their unwearying, unwavering support. Let's take a few deep breaths in and out in acknowledgement of and thanksgiving to the tree. Return your gaze straight ahead into the heart of the tree. Imagine, beneath its flaky bark, a stoic, humane, timeless, generous heart beating. Can you hear it? Imagine Daphne's laurel heart thumping, thumping, thumping away. You can almost feel it dancing beneath your palm. These trees, these giants of nature, these benefactors to all mankind, these relics of antiquity, these voiceless speakers of wisdom, these towering ornaments of the world, they deserve this and every day our appreciation. So lose not a moment more. Go outside and appreciate a tree. You'll not have a more transcendent experience for so little a cost. Of that, I can assure you, Put yourself deliberately before that by which awe is aroused, gratitude inspired, and, most importantly of all, life sustained. Go on, then. 
hug a tree. Pretend in your grasp is Apollo's beloved Daphne. Forgive me if, in this episode, the spirit of a hippie overcame me. You don't have to commit to being a total self-professed tree hugger, but in the cultivation of a higher respect for these immense marvels of nature, I enjoin you wholeheartedly to partake. The experience, I can assure you, will be transcendent. With that, we've come to the end of this episode. Please subscribe to this channel on which you can do me the great honor of leaving a five-star rating or a laudatory review. More importantly, though, share it with your friends. Tap that little icon and send it to a fellow lover of nature. Maybe two. And until next time, farewell from Numa. <laughs>